Okay, so what did we learn yesterday? So we started off talking about the, um, the Otsar, the storage house, and we said that if the storage house is full and hasn't been used, basically, has been, you haven't helped yourself from out of that Otsar, so then that would be not be allowed. All the things in there are assumed out of sight, out of mind, and considered mukze, even though technically they're useful for you, but you know it's a filled otzar. You don't expect to use it unless you did already start using it. So what you could do, though, we said, is that you could make a shvil, a pathway, um, to be able to go in and out. Now the question is, how can I make a pathway if everything in there is mukze? How do I move it? So this comes a very important chidush which is a very important idea, a new idea, which is basically that, um, that you can use, um, uh, that you, so um, basically um, you use your feet to move the things because uh, you're allowed to move mukso with your foot. That's basically the idea. Next thing we saw is that you have grain that is, uh, let's say, piled high. So when you started on Erev Shabbos, so then you can use some more on Shabbos. But if you never used it from before Shabbos, then, uh, then it would be prohibited uh, to take first out from the outside on Shabbos. That's Rabbi Shimon's opinion. And then Rav Acha says that it's mutar. Problem with that is, is this is very inconsistent. Rabbi Shimon Shita, as we know, Rabbi Shimon is usually the one who's most lenient. So therefore, we switch the order. Rabbi Acha was the one who said that it's Asur if you never used it from before Shabbos, but Rabbi Shimon is Matir. And therefore, when it comes practical halacha, halacha, we actually take on the opinion of Rabbi Shimon who says that it's Mutter because, um, because we paskin like Rabbi Shimon in Muktzah. Okay, next we said how much is the shear of Tvot Tzubura? We said it's a Lesech, which is 15 sots, a half a quart. Okay, um, um, then Roy Sorov Nechumi Barzchai asked Abai the same question, and he said again the same answer is Lesach. That's how much is considered storage. Stored. Um, the question was we said that you could take out four or five boxes. The question is, what do you mean? Is it only four or five trips maximum, filling the box and emptying and you know taking it out? Um, which means that even if it's um, you filled up the box and it's very heavy. That's, uh, but there's less trips, so that's what's the better option. Or if you want to take less each time, smaller than a box, then you could do many, many trips, um, which is easier each one, but you're doing a lot more back and forth. So that was the question. And we brought a raya that it says that you could do even four or five boxes of jugs of oil or jugs of wine. And then there's another price that says 10 and then 15. So how can it be? Um, four or five, then 10, and then 15, unless you say that one opinion is basically saying it's four or five specifically, because they are supposed to do only four or five trips. More than that is considered a tircha, extra work, and we don't let you do that. The other opinion is, is that no, doing less each time, and that's why 10 and 15 is. So the Gemara says, actually, that could be, that's not what's going on over here. We're talking about how much jugs is he putting inside the boxes? Either he's putting large jugs, and therefore there's only one per box, that's four or five. 
or he's putting in, we're counting the jugs, or he's putting in smaller jugs, which it would come out two per box, which is 10. If you do five, so then it's 10. Or it's really small ones, like the, and then it's three per box that comes out to 15. Okay. Bring us to the next question, um, four or five that we talked about. Yes, what's the question? No, no, no. What we're talking about here is we're carrying out five. They're all you're carrying out is five boxes. The question is, what are you putting in? How many jugs are you putting in in each box? Are you putting in one large jug in each box? Two medium-sized jugs in each box? Or three small jugs in each box? But the point, but that was, that's, that's what we're saying is what the Mishnah is talking about. That's why I give, give different numbers between 5, 10, and 15. In actual trip, we're asking a very important basic question. What's considered more work? Okay. When I'm again, you're supposed to minimize the amount of at work that you do on Shabbos. So if I'm bringing schlepping, so I could let's say we're bringing chairs, you know, out into the sukkah, right? So there's a few ways you could do it. You could, you know, load up a lot of chairs and then it will be less trips, or you could take one chair at a time and then it'll be more trips, but it's be less work. It'll be easier each trip. So which way is the better way to go to minimize the work? You following the question? That's the question. We didn't give an answer yet. We thought we had a proof from this case, and we don't. So up till now, we still don't have an answer. What's the right way to go on this? Okay, could be that really uh, that you the best the best solution or what's considered less work is to carry more per trip, and that's how you carry it. So the, right now, that's what we think. No, 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 no. We, I know, but we're not talking about carrying a few small boxes at the same time. That's the same as carrying one big box. We're talking about carrying one box, uh, one large box at a time, or making three trips with three small boxes. That's what we're talking about. Okay, we're not, we're not talking about... What we're doing is we're taking things and consolidating them into a single box to carry out. That's what we're doing. Okay. Anyway, that brought us to the next question. We did not really, get, basically, what we thought we had a proof, it's not a good, it's not a proof. Okay. So then the Gemara says, um, is that the next question was, is that the four or five that we're talking about, is it, does it change the halacha if there's many, many guests? In other words, you're clearing space. That's what we're drilling over here, right? We, we need this space for the guests. So clearing some space because it's filled with stuff. I want to move it away so I could have room for people. So what if I have a lot of guests? Then am I allowed to remove more or not? Um, so that's the question. Is this the maximum regardless or is this... That's the question. So actually the truth is um, that uh, basically... Um, and the, uh, so, so that's one question. Question A. Question B is if it goes... If I have a lot of guests that I'm allowed to do more... So then, does one person do all the work, 
Or does every person do take out a little for himself and then like everyone chipping in, then it's you know less work altogether because everybody makes it uh, does a little bit. And we brought a proof from Rabchia that when uh, that he said Allah that one time story that one time Rabbi came to a place and he found it was very crowded for his students, and he went out to the field, and the field was filled with, with uh, bundles of hay, so bales of hay, right? So what do you do? He had them, remove them, so that there's space for the students to learn. Okay, so he made space, he cleared space. Sounds like it was not limited to four or five. Rav Yosef brought a story that Rav Chia saw there was not enough room for the students where they were learning. He wanted to go, so he pulled them outside into the uh, outdoors, and there was also a lot of bundles, and he moved the bundles. Now, um, we still, okay, so that definitely answers that the more the guest, the more you're allowed to move to clear space. Okay, we just said that you can't clear the entire altar because then you might fix the floor, but the more, you're, the more you're allowed to do more. Was it one person doing it, or was it, that was still the second question, we still didn't answer. Or is, uh, or is everybody doing a little bit themselves? And then the Gemara says, well, the fact that it says that Rebbe did it, he obviously wasn't the one who did it himself. He's a Nasi. It would be not the Kavadik to let him clear all the space directly for all the students. So that's not respectful. So it must be that everybody did their own. And that's the answer. Okay. Now, what comes out is a fascinating Chidush that teaches us important values in the Torah. Okay, so we said yesterday in the Mishnah that if you need space for guests or for bittel base medrash, we need room for Torah study. So the, why are we putting these two on equal footing? That shows us that our priorities are that they are on equal footing, and that's why it says it's very important inviting guests, like going to going to study. It's not, it's on equal footing. As it says, they're put on the same footing. Rav Dimi says, not only that, but it's actually put in front of Hashkamas Besa Medrash. It's in front of Torah study because first it says, and then it says, so it's a prior importance. Okay, important to understand that. Doing chesed to another is a very, very, and inviting people over is a very, very big mitzvah. That's what we're saying here. Okay even higher than going to the house of study. Now, Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rav that it's even greater than Kabbalah's Pnei Ashkina, which is a famous story from uh, Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was, was, Hashem came to visit, he appeared to, to Avram Avinu, and then Avram realized that there's guests there, and he told, he told God, oh, excuse me, I'm, uh, I have some guests, I'll be right back, you wait right here, I'll be right back, let me take care of my guests first. Okay, how do you talk to God like that? That shows you that even God recognizes that that's a bigger mitzvah. It's important to recognize that um, that uh, it's sort of if you want to put it in in like in other words, somebody else's physical needs is on a higher rung spiritually than my own personal spiritual experiences, and that's what we're seeing over here. That that taking care that so. That's what some, there's an expression of uh, that somebody else's gashmias is my ruchnias. You know, helping somebody else, be, seeing outside myself, that's high, that is my ruchnias, but it's even a higher ruchnias than a selfish ruchnias that's just me, you know, talking to God. You understand? That's what we're pointing out over here. A very important, very important principle. Anyway, 
and that's the and, and that shows you also a quality about the Rabbanu Shalom, about the master of the universe, that he's so different than humans. Can you imagine a king sitting around waiting when there's a Mashalach at the door and say, okay, excuse me, king, I just need to deal, invite my, the Mashalach in, give him some food, take care of him, and, uh, you know, and, then, I'll be, and, then, and then I'll be back to, to, you know, to talk to you. A king would like, off with your head, what are you talking about? <laughs> you don't do that. But that's not the way God is. God is very happy that that's how we, uh, that's how we behave, because he was not angry at, at Avram Avinu for doing this. Okay, next we saw an interesting, um, uh, an interesting memra review. The Barshila said the name of Asi and the name of Yochanan that there are six things that when we do them, we actually get the benefit of the you know we get some some income in this world from it. We benefit from it in this world, but the primary benefit is saved for us in the world to come. And what are these things? Inviting guests, visiting the sick. Prayer, intense prayer, intent in concentration in prayer, going to synagogue to study early, right? A lot, you know, going regularly to the house of study, and raising your children to Torah study, and judging. The sixth one is judging others favorably. So the prayer, that's a very nice list, and those things we get both benefit in this world, but it's like sort of like you're you're getting a dividend in this world, but the primary benefit is still saved for the world to come. Okay? And uh, the question is, is that we have a Mishnah that doesn't really have the same list. It says, And we say it every morning at Davening, and it's And So what's the deal with that? It doesn't seem to be the same list. So the Gemara explains that actually if you pay attention, these six things that Rabbi Yochanan mentions is included in those um, in those things that that that's mentioned in the Mishnah, um, and uh, Rashi explains how it works. Hachnasas orchim and biker cholim are straight up gemilas chasadim. That's doing acts of kindness. Okay, so you're inviting guests, you're visiting the sick. Those are acts of kindness. That's clear. Even iun tefila says Rashi is also included in Gemilas Chasadim, and he explains that when you pray with concentration, you're doing a chesed to your soul, which is also interesting how he takes a look at that. That's one. Hashkamas Beis and raising Beis and raising your children for Talmud Torah, that falls on, under the category of Talmud Torah So there you go, that's that one. And uh, judging your friend favorably falls under the category of bringing peace one to another. Um, because by saying the other person meant no harm and is trying to do a good thing, so that brings peace one to another, because by giving him the benefit of doubt of the right intentions, at least, even though it may have been harmful for you, is, um, is actually uh, a way of bringing peace one to another. Very interesting. Anyway, that's the idea. And uh, Rabbi Yochanan is coming to expound on what the Mishnah is talking about. Even though the Mishnah talked about Kibbut Aim, Rabbi Yochanan was not saying what I'm talking about as an exhaustive list. He's just saying, expanding or clarifying what's included in some of the examples of the Mishnah. Okay. So that took us to some very fascinating stories 
of judging others favorably. So the first story was the fellow went uh, from, he lived all the way up north and he went down to the south and he was hired out as a, as a farmhand or whatever working out. And he worked for three years by a person didn't, without getting any wages. Came Erev Yom Kippur, he says, okay, I want to go home now. I, I did my, my stint. Give me my wages. I want to go home and feed my wife and my children. He said, I don't have any money. So he says, okay, I'll give, take fruit. I don't have any fruit. Give me, okay, no fruit, no money. Okay, I've been working here, producing, whatever. No fruit, no money. Okay, give me land. I'll take land, whatever. At least I have, I'm owners, owner of land. Ah, I don't have any land. Give me animals. Don't have any animals. Give me pillows, blankets, something. I don't have any. So basically, there's nothing to give. So what do I do? He put it, you know, he went home without anything. Came home pretty depressed. He, after three years of working, he had nothing to show for himself. What happened? After the holiday, came the Balabais, the owner who hired him, and he came with his wages, and he also carried three donkeys worth of food, one carrying food, one carrying drinks, one carrying other delicacies, and he came to his house. They ate, they drank, and he gave him his wages. He said to him, when I told you, give me my wage, when, I, when, you, I, when you asked me for wages, and I said I don't have any money, what, was, what did you suspect of me? He said, I gave you the benefit of the doubt. I knew you're a good man. You probably had a, a opportunity that you couldn't pass up. And uh, it took all of your money. You know, look, it was uh, like an op- you know, something that you could buy really cheap. And uh, so he spent it all. So he said, okay. And he says, yeah, and why, when you asked for animals, what did you think? I, he said, well, maybe the animals were already hired out. You know, these were working animals and they were all hired out by people. So you had no animals available that wasn't rented out to others. Okay, what about land? He says, I thought maybe the land was also, you know how you have land that uh, there are workers on the land that, uh, that are that basically, they're like a sharecropper and that's the arrangement that you had that were rented out, so you had no land to give me either. Okay, and when I said, I don't have fruit, what'd you say? He said, maybe the fruit wasn't tied, so you couldn't give it out yet. And when I said, I don't have pillows and blankets, okay, how could I not have pillows and blankets? So he said, uh, maybe you were maktish, all your property to heaven. Can you imagine how willing he was to bend his brain backwards to give him the benefit of the doubt? So he said, guess what? I swear that that was exactly the case. All my property, I, uh, I, had, uh, I had vowed to, to make it hagdish because my son didn't go study Torah. And basically what happened was I went to my friends and my fellow friends in the south and they were matinated and then I had uh, um, some stuff that, that I was finally able to pay you. And just because, just like you were willing to give me the benefit of the doubt, Hashem should always judge you favorably. That assume that what you mean is the best intentions. Okay. Brings us to the next thing. Um, so um, the story was with a chassid, um, and a chassid, uh, the Gemara tells us it's Rabbi Yudah ben Bava or Rabbi Yudah ben Beloi. And um, he went and redeemed a young maiden um, who's Jewish. 
And he came to the hotel, and he had her sleep in his room in the hotel. Okay? In the same, you know, in the same room. The next day, when he came to teach the students, he went, and he went to the mikvah, like you do after having had relations, and then he went to teach his students. He asked the students, what, when I took her in my bedroom, what were you all thinking? Maybe you didn't know all your students, and you didn't trust that maybe one of the students was not a reliable person, and he may do something with the girl. So, and he said, and when I went to the mikvah, what do you think? I said, that, that maybe because of the journey that you just went on, you had a, a, you had a bodily emission, but nothing to do with the girl. And he said, I swear that's exactly what it was, and because you judge me favorably, Hashem should judge you favorably. And the third story was that there was something that the students needed from, the, the Talmud HaChacham needed help from a certain Gentile woman, where all the, you know, who was very, very influential in the Roman circles, and um, they asked who will go, and Rabbi Shua said, I will go. Rabbi Shua came with his students. As soon as he came to the door, he took off his tefillin, walked in, closed the door, came out, and went to mikvah and started teaching his students, okay, after, after a while. So he looked fishy. What did the students say? So he said, when I took off my tefillin, what did you say? Oh, you took off your tefillin because you're not supposed to have tefillin in a place of tumah. And when I locked the door behind me when I went in, what did you think? Oh, because you had private things talking about the government and it couldn't be, it wasn't for other people's ears. And when I went to mikvah, what did you think? That maybe while she talked to you, some spit came out of her mouth, which has a din tumah, and that's why you needed to go to the mikvah. And he says, that's exactly the case. And um, uh, just like you judge me favorably, Hashem should judge you favorably. Now I want to, have a, I have a question I'm sharing. This is, I didn't, uh, think of this uh, yesterday, or bothered me yesterday, but I didn't have an answer. How can it be a question, how can you argue that Hashem should judge favorably people? That works for people who don't know, um, you know, what's in people's mind. So therefore we need to give the benefit of the doubt, because we have doubts. How can you talk about God with the idea of, so too should God give you the benefit of the doubt? What does that mean? God knows what your intents are. You're, you're like an open uh, book. So what does it mean that just like you judge others favorably, God uh, should judge you favorably? How could that be? He, he judges you based on what he knows. He knows the fact of what your intentions are. So I, 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 to me, is a very strong question on these stories. My answer, and I don't, if you don't like the answer, that's also okay, but it's my answer is, is that, the, is that the, the idea is that somebody who judges others favorably, he's looking at the positive always. He's looking at others in such a generous light that he's looking at the deeper, fuller intention of the person. And the truth is, everybody has all kinds of intentions when they do things. But in their core, the people are good, and there's also positive intentions. And that's what you're focusing on, the other person. That's the same thing. Hashem is looking to the deeper intention that's positive in, in the person who looks for the other's positive intentions. And that's what it means. Hashem could focus on the negative intentions or the positive intentions by looking more at the, at the deeper intention because he gets the merit of that. Hashem will focus on that because he focused on that in the others. Anyway, that's my answer. Um, anyway, it's a chidush. You'll think about it. Okay. 
brings us to the next story, which is, um, we talked about what can you clear, and we went through a number of items in the Mishnah. First was Trumatora. What's the Chiddush of that? The Trumatora is not Mokta. The answer is, is that you're Yisrael, and still you're allowed to move it. Even though you're not allowed to eat it, you might think that makes it Mokta for you. The answer is, since it's fit for a coin, it's not Mokta for you. Okay? It doesn't have to be useful for you directly, because it's fit for a coin. What about um, the next case of Demai? Demai is also not fit for you. The answer is, you have to do a tithe on it, and it wasn't tithed before Shabbos. Still, you can become poor, and a poor man is fit to 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 eat it. As the Pesach says, you're allowed to feed the Aniyim and the Achsanya Demai. So that's the deal with that. And it happens to be a Machlogus Beisham Beisilol, whether you can, but we pass it like Beisilol, that you can. Okay. Now, that's the Chiddush for that. What about Maiserishon, where the Truma was taken? Isn't that also obvious? So Gemara says, no, we're talking about where you took the Maiserishon, the Truma's Maiser off the Maiserishon, but I never took the Truma Gedola, but I was because I took it before the obligation for Truma Gedola kicked in, because I took it out while it was still loose grain and not piled up where the obligation of Truma Gedola was kicks in, when you smooth over, put it, bring it into piles and smooth over the piles. That's the 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 Cree, that's what it's called. Anyway, the bottom line is, is that that circumvents the obligation to bring Truma Gedola, and that's why it's okay. We did mention that if Papa asked, if that's true, then even every, and that's based on the Pasuk, why after you smooth over the pile, don't we say that as well? That's because the Pasuk specifically excludes and says that every time there's an obligation, you need to give Truma, even Truma Gedola. And the difference is, did the, did the obligation kick in yet or not? If it kicked in already, then you can't get away with not giving the Truma Gedola. If it did not kick in yet, then you can uh, circumvent it. And that was that. And the last case was Meister Shani, I'm sorry, there's two more cases. Meister Shani, which was redeemed. Of course, it should be not Mokta. The answer is, is that only redeemed it with the actual value without adding on the fifth. But the fifth is not, uh, it's still considered redeemed. That's one point. And then the Tormus Ayavish is only if it's dry, we said, but if it's not, if it's fresh, then even the animals won't eat it because it's fr- when it's fresh, it's bitter and they, and it's not uh, edible. Okay, and that is where we left off. And we're going to stop our review for a second and get to today's daf. One second.